Podcast, you can't win. Talking a good game, you can't win. Topics never lame, you can't win. Win, 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 win. win. I'm Marvelous, and I'm not your average Joseph. And we are the Particle Sons. Let's start the show. How you feeling today? Finer than ten dimes trying to make a dollar, my brother. How you feeling? That's a lot, right? Yeah, okay. that's, that's a lot. That's, that's a lot. Just, but okay, I, I'll try and find like refined wine. Too much? Too much? No, no, simplicity. I'm okay, with the simplicity. Okay, okay. okay. We, got, we got a we got a guest on the show. The man, the myth, the legend himself. Tell the people who you are, Mister. I am spoken word artist Dwayne Morgan. Hey, hey. two-time Canadian slam poetry champion. That is correct. The champ is here. The, the, the and motivational here. speaker in my world because the man. Can, can I dap a TED talk? <laughs> this is the first time we're having a TED talk. Uh, yeah, and a TED talk official. You know, official, this, official. We do a lot of Fred talks here. But, right, right. You know, the fuck shits come out. But you know, now we have official okay. officiator. Okay. For the for the peoples and stuff to hear. So, welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. Some things that people right. get to know you a Absolutely. little bit and all that. So, okay, let's just jump into the polls. You all ready, right. Smooth? I'm ready. First poll of the week was. Do you remember the first porn you've seen? And that was a 50-50 split with all the votes that came in. 50-50 split. 50-50 split. <sighs> Talk about it. Let me hear what you got to say about that. Let, let, well, I, I mean, I, I remember the first one that I seen and I was probably in grade, I want to say five. Yeah. And um, we were uh, going over to a, a, a friend of ours house at lunchtime. Now, the, the uh, public school that I went to... Hold on. Yeah, I'm, at I'm, lunchtime. Allow me, yes. allow me interject. <laughs> so, um, there were how many boys and how many girls? No, no, it was just, just, just three dudes. Okay, just, just three, three amigos. Dudes. All right, Three all right. amigos, right? In the fifth grade. And, all right, and, run it. And, I mean, we would go with... He had toys. So I, I, my school <laughs> was in a rich neighborhood. The kids yeah. that lived near the school, they were well off to do. So, gotcha. coming from the hood... You know where to go at lunchtime. <laughs> you know all where the wrestling to toys, all the yeah, video. Gotcha. You know, gotcha. One day, Say less. One day we were there and he's just like, you guys want to see something? Of course. As a kid, you're never going to say no. Right. <laughs> Even if it is something you're not supposed to see. So we said yes. And yeah, that was an eye-opener to say the least. And I do say eye-opener. <laughs> Pun intended. Pun intended. What about you, how about you? Uh, you know, it's weird because it's almost like a, a yes and no thing because uh, depending on people's age, they used to have Baby Blue movies on City TV. Right. right. They used to come on late at night. And these were like movies. They, they wouldn't even play movies like that on TV now, right? So right, right, right. There was, so there was those. And then there was like, again, we probably remember, young people, y'all don't know that, the channels used to like sign off and different things, right? So there was always those those high channels that had the squiggly lines. Yes. Yeah, and, yeah, and you can yeah, yeah, you can yeah, watch yeah. through the squiggly yes. lines, and it's like, whoa, there's a breast there, there's yeah, a thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, but you, you know, caught the moment, you can hear the sound. Yeah, you can I, hear the sound and stuff. I think I mastered my the tuner on the the UF. Is it UFs? Yeah, U UF. Yeah, yeah, I think 
I think I mastered to just get the squiggly lines a little bit straight enough so you, so you can have a good vision of it. But I know exactly what you're talking so about. So that was probably the earliest introduction. I don't even know how old I was at that point, but that was just like on regular TV and you could like go and try and figure it out. Figure and, it out. You know what right. I mean? So. Got you. I think, so for me, I was third grade? Third grade. Third grade. So you beat me by two grades. You looked yeah. at me in disgust. No, I'm not going to... Because I just want to know the crowd and the city. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Right? That's okay. it. I was like, right. all right, how many, what's going on? Like, you know, what happens? Because that's puberty time. Right. I didn't hit puberty and stuff at that time. Right, right. So it was just something where I went to a friend's house and we always would play like Super Nintendo on like this TV. So his family had like this TV was the video game TV and they had the VCR connected with the Super Nintendo. Right. So whoever the hell had something else going on in the VCR now or whatever, right? But I guess it was one of those VCRs where say when it went to the end, it fully went rewind and I guess it started right back up again. Mm. He turned on the TV. We supposed to play Mario Kart. You see an Asian lady getting it from a white dude. <laughs> so I was looking like, what's going on here? <laughs> like, right, right, right. What is this? I was like, Oh, okay, then I heard somebody like like an adult came by. They're like, "Turn that off! Turn that off!" He's like, "We didn't do anything. We turned on the TV. This was what it on." And then they hit stop. I was like, "So that's the blue movie tape. That's it, Jamaican mom. Mm-hmm. That's how I knew it. So right. I got it now." But some people, I think, do you remember the scene? Yeah. I'm telling you, man, it was an eye opener. <laughs> they were in a hair salon, one one male hairdresser, and about th- three three females getting their hair done. Not not actually getting their hair done, but getting their hair done. <laughs> in more ways than so. In more ways than so. The curtains or the drapes? Like, is it the rugs or the drapes? Like, what is it? What's going on? And you remember squiggly line storyline? I remember line? squiggly line. I, squiggly I couldn't lines. even tell you what the storyline was. It's just like squiggly lines and just trying you to look and what see you a got. thing. Yeah, absolutely. What you got. Absolutely. Well, that's what's up. I was just shocked because I think the 50 50 split to me was you see where maybe some people might be too old and too far back for them. Right. But then some people were looking like, no, <laughs> I didn't watch porn. Like, did you know? Did you? Did you deny? Mm. Mm. <laughs> I might think about even the first Pornhub scene somebody done showed you. You know, everybody, look at this. That's considered porn. Right, right. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, next question for the polls was, true or false? The older you get, the less shame you feel. And 75% said that's true. Talk about it. How you feel about that? I can agree with that. As The older I, I get, the I can fall and drop back up and not miss a beat and not care if anybody's seen it or not. This is part of life. I think a lot of things that we we were embarrassed about when we were younger mm. is just because it's, it's happened to us and we haven't experienced it yet. And we're just looking at, oh my gosh, why me? When essentially a lot of this stuff happens to everybody. <laughs> Correct. At some point in their lives. Right. Right? And then once you get older, you figure out, oh, shit, I'm not the only one. So why should I feel about, bad about it? Oh, true. Yeah. Uh, you know, for me, uh, I definitely agree with that as well. I think, um, you know, I've been to like the Hedonism Resort in, in Jamaica, Jamaica. A, a couple of times. Right. And sometimes when people hear about, you know, all hedonism, you have this idea that it's a bunch of hot women that's there and stuff. And then you right. go there mm-hmm. and it's like these older ladies and these older men and stuff. And it's like they're walking around and they don't care. And it's like, yeah, they're, they're like they're. 
they're just free to just be themselves. Like they've, right. you know, you've lived life. You've you've gone through the stage where you're trying to impress everybody. You've gone through the stage where you had the kids. You've gone through where you feel insecure about yourself, and then you're just like, why am I doing all this? Like I'm alive. Like you just accept it, and then you just just move with it, and that's it. So I think you know when you're younger, there's a lot more pressure, uh, you know, to conform to you know certain norms to to look a certain way be a certain way have certain things and then you get older and you're like yo all that stuff is nonsense man i'm just happy to be alive right yeah okay <clears throat> let me ask you what pertain to insecurities both of you right is there some insecurity okay do you feel that some people can't get over specific insecurities hence why the shame will still be everlasting i mean i think that's an individual thing right so there will be people who can't get over you know, whatever, but I don't think you could say, you know, just one particular insecurity, no one is going to get over it. We're all going to have it forever. I think it's an individual thing. Um, and as individuals, you know, we all have our, our, our histories. We all have our triggers. We all have our, our different things. And I think Correct. for, right. you know, so for a lot of people, there might be, you know, specific things that they'll never, you know, be able to get over or figure out how to get over. But I think, um, you know, for most of us, most of the stuff, you, you just get to a point where you're like, this doesn't even matter. I, that's how I feel. Yeah. That's how yeah. I feel, right? But I, I I don't expect me from other people. Mm. So now the, the kicker is where I'll meet somebody who might be a little bit older, right? Like I know an older lady where I would feel that, like you said, the older you get, let everything hang. Right. Mm. I went to a gym with one of my boys. We were like 20-something at the time. We were like a gap between us. Two white dudes came in there straight out the shower. Captain Morgan pulls on the mm. bench and just start talking about hockey and dicks is out. And I'm looking mm. like, they give zero fucks. <laughs> right. No fucks was given that day. And I was right. looking, I'm like, yeah, I'm not about that life. But then like the older I get, I'm like, yeah, I respect them dudes. But I never forget about that day, right? Mm, I'm yeah. almost 40. And then I'm thinking about that day and I was like, maybe under 25. And I was like, yeah. I need to channel that energy when I get older. Mm. right? Now there's some people where I would think the like an older demographic, certain shit like shame is gone. Mm. But I still feel like some people. I don't know if it's an insecurity. That's why I'm saying the insecurity aspect, yeah, right? Because you know, with insecurities, it'll, it'll kind of linger on a person. So they're like, "Well, this will never change about me, and I might be this way and stuff till I'm die." You know, right? They might be insecure about like you know their look, their teeth, their forehead, their whatever the hell. I don't know, right? But and they'll just continuously carry that through life. So now if now, somebody was to say, ha ha, with your big, I don't know, forehead or something like that. The insecurities are kicking and the shame was already there. Mm. So I'm like, the older older you get, you made peace with you. been with that forehead from like, <laughs> let's say 10. Right. You know, right. most people tend to grow into some of their face, facial features about like the, the 10, 12 preteen time and then. Yeah. Still yeah. carrying it. Yeah. And no, I, I agree with Dwayne. I think it, at that point, it's an individual thing. And it's. It is gonna be a hang up that you you can't get over. It's like I was saying earlier, mm. like when you're young and you go through it, the, the embarrassment might be there because maybe maybe may the first time it's happening, it it may feel like it's only happened to you. But once you realize, like nah, like things happen and it happens to other people. You're not just alone in this in the situation. Then it becomes a little bit more easy to digest and say. Man, I, I fell today. I'm probably like the seventh person that fell in the last hour or so. Mm. Then you can laugh it off, right? It's yeah. no longer like, what was me? Did that person over there just see? Are they on the cell phone telling somebody else that I just fell? Right? It's like, yeah. 
out of your mind. Fair, that's fair. What's, so, what's your most embarrassing story as an adult then? If you don't have no shame, you're like, you know, your shame tree is gone. Well, let me tell you something. My most embarrassing thing as an adult was in front of my, my son when I went to go take him to get his, uh, his hair braided. We were like, got to, uh, got to where we were going and it was, you could either walk around to the front or you could hop the fence through the back engines. So I was like, shit. <laughs> I used to hop the fence when I was a kid. Why are we going to walk all the way around for? So I said, I looked at my son. I was like, you can hop that? He's like, yeah. So I said, right, let's do it. He went over no problem. I said, okay, I can do this. So I jumped. I got over. Mm-hmm. No problem. I landed, but I just forgot about the whole momentum thing. <laughs> <laughs> and did not the momentum carry me forward. Felt. Like, you know, black jeans are on dirt that, that don't do well. Nah, Got up, had, nah. to, had to dust myself off. And I was just looking at all the little kids just looking at me. I was like, hey, I'm still living. I'm here. I'm still alive. <laughs> I'm still alive. <laughs> I'm still alive. I, I see it, man. I see it. Um, and I think the only reason why I was embarrassed is because I, I made a scene like it was not, you know, yeah. I, mean, I looked at my son's like, <laughs> you sure you can do this? I should have been like, am I sure I can do this? Right. Is what I really should have asked. Absolutely. We're getting older, my guy. Just to <laughs> yeah, let you yeah, know. That, that, yeah. You're not that's as it. spry as you used to that's be. That's it. That's it. That's it. How about you, Dwight? Uh, I mean, off the top of my head, I think um, maybe going out with a friend uh, to a restaurant and having a coupon that was expired. Oh, oh. So it's like when the bill came, like in my head, I'm just like, yo, I got the money for this because with the coupon, it's going to be this or that or whatever. <laughs> and then you give in the coupon or whatever and the man's like, yo, this this expired like last year. Like, what what are you doing right now? And you're just like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So now you got to calculate in your head, all right, how am I going to do this one? You know what I mean? So I think... Just off the top of my head, I think I think that one. But it, I mean, I had the money or whatever. But it was it was good. We still laugh at that one. Yeah, <laughs> I can just I can just see him looking at the coupon. And like, you sure you want to use this? <laughs> yeah, man. I think for me, this was like um, about like 20, 2021, 2021 summer. I was out on a date, and it was sunny day. I'm walking and we're talking. It's like um by the lakeshore area off that mm. boardwalk. Right. A lot of freaking seagulls and birds and stuff that was flying around there. It was hot. It was hot. So, meanwhile, I'm talking to her and everything. She's like on my, my left side and I'm walking and a bird shitted on my head. <laughs> right? But because it's hot, at that same time, I was already going to like to wipe some of the sweat off my head. Oh, So, no. I kind of like wiped the bird shit on my <laughs> forehead a little bit and I was looking like, the hell is this <laughs> white stuff? So, I'm there like this. And she said, oh my God, I think a bird. <laughs> so now I'm trying to play it off. I'm like, you played too much. I'm looking like, damn, I wanted to run. I'm like, oh. well, fuck it. Let me find me a water fountain real quick because this one killed the whole smooth operator vibe wow. and everything now. I done got shit on my head. And then she's she's like, do you want to go home and shop? I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm like, I shower twice a day any damn way, man. I don't give a damn. And right. I, I was embarrassed as hell in the car. I'm like, I'm not getting no action from that chick. Definitely I'm not. 
Nah, nah, you you look like Bird Food. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it was like it was so weird because it was simultaneously it was like What? And then I was like, oh, green, white. See, and it's funny because they always say if a, if a bird shits on you, it's supposed to be good luck. Yeah, it wasn't good luck that day. I wasn't lucky that night. My guy, my guy, look, look, my man, look at me. I wasn't lucky that night. I went in my car. I drove home. I was like, hey, this is about a bitch. The end. Uh, I guess. All right, man. So, polls are over now. So, talk to us, man. Let, let the people, we're trying to get to know you a little mm. bit better and, and your world. So, tell us, man. How did the whole poetry thing get started for you? I mean, it's 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 interesting in the sense that um, I'm actually a shy introvert, so I would never have chosen to do something that required me to be on stage in front of people. Right? Mm-hmm. That's that was never my thing. And um, I was producing a talent show for Black History Month when I was in high school, and at that time I got invited by Master T to come on to extend the mix to like talk about the show. And then the the minute I did that, then tickets just started flying, flying, flying. Because at that time, you know, if, if something was on extend the mix, it was just like, yo, then this is legit where we have to be. You know what I mean? So it's like the whole of Scarborough started buying tickets. And then I was like, yo, everybody's going to come and they're going to see all my friends on stage, but nobody cares who the organizer is. So I'm just like, yo, how do I get on stage in my own talent show when you have no talent? So I'm like, yo, let me write a poem. That's the easiest thing to do. So hold on. So shy introvert now mm. wants to be seen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah that, because Extendamix vibe. The Extendamix vibe is that. Well, it? that's the thing because they saw me on Extendamix, but then right. they would come to the show and then not see me, right? Because I'm right. behind the scenes. But I'm like, yo, how do I get seen? You know what right, I mean? So right, I was like, right. so then I had to like write a poem. And then I wrote a poem. And, you know, as I say, that poem changed my life. And, that's all I've done since. I've just worked full time as a as a poet since I was in high school. Was nice. that 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 poem that you performed? Was that the first poem you ever? That's the first poem I ever wrote in my life. Wow, really? Yeah. How old were you? I was like seventeen, eighteen. I was about to say yeah, about sixteen, seventeen. Yeah. That's so what's up. so and then yeah, that's it. Then I just figured out how to build a life around it, and here I am, thirty years later. Nice. That's what's up. Do you come from like a literary background? Like anybody around you are writers or poets? No. Rappers? No no writers, poets, rappers. There's there's really like no artists in my family. I'm like a a black sheep and an anomaly in that sense. Like it's like, the hell did this guy come from? You know what I mean? It's like, so. Yeah. So it was just like, you know, having, you know, immigrant parents from Jamaica or whatever, they didn't understand this whole, what are you talking about? You're going to go do poetry kind of <laughs> kind of thing. It didn't really make You're sense. Muta, you know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, you know what I mean? And it was like, so, you know, that there's a lot of work trying to get them on board with what I was, you know, trying to do and stuff. But eventually it all came together. Did you like start doing research after you wrote that poem and then now you got this now new fan base and stuff? Are you now saying you're about to start writing more? Yeah, there, there really wasn't any research per se. I think I'm a trial and error kind of person. So, I mean, I was I was in it. The show that I did, uh, you know, went really well. And um, there was a couple women who were at the show and they heard the poem that I did. And uh, they worked at an agency in Scarborough. And every time they were doing events, they'd be like, oh, we got this guy. He has this poem. You have to hear it. So they'd, nice. they'd call me up and they'd be like, hey, there's this event. Can you come and do that poem that you did at the school? And so I was going all around the city doing so this. What's the name this, of that poem? It's called In Search of the True Brother. 
Okay. And um, so I was going around the city doing this poem, and then it, eventually the poem started to get on my nerves because everywhere I went, <laughs> people were like, yo, can you do that poem? Can you do that poem? Can you do that poem? I'm like, yo, I got to write a, another poem. So then I wrote a, a, a poem to replace that poem, and then that's really how it worked. And then, you know, 30 years, I'm still just writing writing poems. Mm, that's, that's crazy when you think about it, because... Right? Because to start it off was just the, the love of talent. So that's why you decided to do a talent mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and, and was it just, just um, the love of, of music itself or the like just knowing that people have a talent and you want to be able to help them get it out there? Like how did the talent show portion start mm-hmm. to set off the whole poetry thing? So, I mean, I, had, I, I knew I had great organizational skills and I knew I had a lot of friends with talent that mm-hmm. had no nothing to do with the talent no places to go no venues you know when you're when you're young when you're black when you're in scarborough like nobody wanted you nowhere right, right. so it's like yo there's some brilliant people but there's like no place for them to perform so i was just like all right let me organize this show uh i met with my principal he's like yo you can use the school and i was just like all right cool so it wasn't an official school event which also allowed me to charge people to be there got it, right got so it. then you know i made like you know, over a thousand dollars just one time as a high school kid, you know, just doing that talent show. And I'm like, right. Oh, wait a minute. I, I can do that. I can duplicate this. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And then that's it. So the, the next year I started a business called up from the roots entertainment and I'm still running still that running business. That, yeah. Um, now and it was really just a matter of trying to find talent and, and give them platforms and being, being able to, um, to showcase them and what they do. And that was the blueprint and still works. That's dope. Can't be mad at that, especially you did it in your community, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because we were <clears throat> we were talking, him and I were talking and stuff, and you got the, the Scarborough, you know, the Walk of Fame. Yeah, yeah. So you got that. I was like, the fuck? Like we don't have that on the West, do we? Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm they, trying to get they have one, one in Brampton now. There's, there's a Brampton, Brampton one. Oh, in Brampton. Brampton. There, there is a Brampton one now. I know Trey Anthony's on that. Director X is on that. Um, so yeah, they Brampton is is stepping up. They're doing some stuff out out in the West Side. So okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Toronto, there's, just, there's hope for us. There's Alex for Trebek us. and the squad. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Toronto one is that's where they have like the Canada yeah. one. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So right, it's right. like so eyes on the prize. That's the, eyes on that's, the that's, prize. That's, 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 that's the next one. That's the next one. We're gonna try. I, I feel that man. I ain't mad at that. You got a top three poets. Who you like to emulate? Who you like to embody? Because I know you're doing your own great thing now, so it's kind of like you, your own, mm. your own champion. Yeah, I mean, I've never tried to embody or emulate anyone. I think that's that's. What about learn? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's always learning, but most of the, most of the people that I would say in terms of my favorites are like my peers and my and like contemporary people. So there's a, a dude in um, New York named Jamal St. John who's like just just a beast. Like he's like just so dope. Um, there's a woman named Queen Sheba out of, now she's out of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, really dope. And, um, let's see, I'll even give a shout out to, um, Jay Ivy in Chicago, who he just won the, uh, the spoken word Grammy. This is the first year that they had a Grammy award specifically for spoken word poetry. So uh, okay. he, he just won that. Um, and he's, uh, Salute. yeah, he's the one who did the poem on, um, I think it was never let me down with Kanye West's first album with, with Jay-Z or whatever. He does a poem at the, at That's the, him? At the end. Yeah. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were all part of the path. Right, yeah. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, shit. Yeah, so I, he so did that. I always thought it was consequence or something. Yeah, no. So his name is Jay Ivy. So I brought him to town like, 
years ago after well yeah after that album came out i brought him to town so we've been we've been cool since then um and yeah so they just had a, a, a the first year for the spoken word poetry grammy and he just won that so yeah so dope salute salute to that man yeah i'm not mad at that because <laughs> i was like i always heard that song but i always just took it for somebody from their camp mm-hmm. right that's what i thought too Right. Yeah. So, but then when you're telling me, I was like, I know exactly because I think I heard that song maybe like a month ago, mm. and I was playing. I was, and I even said to myself, like, "Who is that?" Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Who is that?" I'm like, mm, "Nah, we'll leave it." And yeah. I, mm. Answers. Yeah. Full circle. Question. Um, when you when you're writing or you're coming up with a concept for like a a, a poem, do you prefer to have like in a in an accompaniment as far as music is concerned or is it just something that you'll do like freestyle like what is your preference is your preference to do it to music or is it just spoken word altogether yeah anything i do with music the music comes afterwards it's always it's always written um acapella first and acapella in mind because Mm. more often than not when i go to perform it it's going to be acapella i don't always have you know access to the musicians and different things right so the acapella is the first thing and then usually if i'm going to do a live show or if i'm going to record an album then i'll get the the musicians involved okay yeah how how's it how's it what does a day look like for you like writing a poem does it take you a day do you just like take like little notes that you you know you see throughout the day how does that happen um, so, I mean, in my phone, there's a, a ton of, you know, poems in progress. There's a, a ton of like just poetry ideas or just, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, just yeah. Like, like, you know, even like little one-liners or whatever that, you know, I might incorporate into something. But um, typically I don't write until I'm inspired to, to write. Um, and because I'm writing when I'm inspired, usually, you know, hour maximum, two hours it takes me to write something. And mm. then it's good to go. I was playing with this topic, right? Since we're talking about inspiration. Do you feel like inspiration is for amateurs? I think inspiration is for everybody. Like Now, when it comes to inspiration now, right? Mm. Some people would say they're going to go on a mountain, sit on a rock, wait for inspiration to come back to get this great idea. Mm. I'm a firm believer in that whatever you're doing, while you're going through it, that's when inspiration will come through. Mm. Right? Now, so I'm not like a, let me just say this. I take notes about things and stuff in the world that I see my week and because this is a weekly podcast, mm-hmm. right? So I'll just take notes, jot little small notes and then I'll be like, let's take a deep dive in that. Let's look into that. Let's yeah. talk about that. But I want to say, because I'm going to, as a content creator for a podcast, I'm going through it. So that's kind of like the inspiration in itself. Mm-hmm. Now, if I wasn't doing a podcast, I wasn't a writer, wasn't a rapper or nothing like that. And I'm just, let's say, quote unquote, loser or waste man. Where would inspiration come from then? Uh, I mean, it's a great question. And I think, you know, for me, inspiration ultimately is, is everywhere, right? Like mm-hmm. I can be in just about any environment and see something that's inspirational, mm-hmm. Right. I think it, a lot of it comes down to mindset. Like if you, uh, if you are yeah, a, yeah. a negative person, it's going to be hard to see something positive in an environment, right. right? If you are wired to, you know, be woe is me and, and not recognize, hey, I'm alive. 
hey, I'm out in nature. Hey, I have all of these things. Like a gratitude. Yeah, an yeah. attitude of gratitude. Then right. it's like, yeah, you can't see the inspiration. The inspiration is there. It's the inspiration is always there. Right, right. It's like, do you have the eyes to see it? You know, so sometimes people will ask me about, you know, writer's block and what to do when you have writer's block. And I say, well, it's hard for me to say because I never have writer's block. I say, you know, if you get to a point where the words and the ideas aren't coming, ask yourself, am I living? Mm -hmm. Because if you're, if you're living, you'll always be inspired. <clears throat> so when you feel you have writer's block, maybe that means you need to go outside. You need right. to go for a walk. Right. You need to go do something different that you've never done before. You need to go to a new environment, a new restaurant. You need to go have a conversation with a stranger. You just need to live. And so, so that same piece, the same thing, that's part of the reason why. Like somebody asked me, they're like, Yo, over 230 episodes and stuff. How the fuck you guys didn't run out of things to say? But I'm living. Yeah. That's it. I'm going yeah. to and fro here and there. I'm having conversations with this person. I'm having conversations with him. Off mic, you know, mm -hmm. you, other people, my my woman will have conversations about different things and they'll come back. By the way, FYI, she said she's going to try and sue us because some of the great conversations her and I have, <laughs> she wants to say like, no, you took it and took it and made it to a podcast topic, but before it happens, it's that. So mm -hmm. we'll make her show writer. Yeah, you, we got money to pay for We ain't got money for all that. We'll move. make her show writer. <laughs> but it, it's that right there, like mm. living. I am living so I'm just going through life, so that's what I'm saying. Like the inspiration just coming, it's easy. automatic. Right? It's, it's it's just there. It's, it's with, around you. I agree with you 100 because a lot of times, you know, when I think, like for me, like I used to like coming up in high school, I rapped, right? So I, I'd write rhymes and stuff like that. And, that. and the best stuff that I wrote, it's just it came to me. Mm. It just came to me. Put it down, right? Anytime that I experience writer's block, I'm trying to make it come to me. Mm. I'm sitting there. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to will it. And it's, sometimes it just does not work like that. It's like you got you, you to go off your experiences. You mm. got to be able to say, you got to be able to live in the moment. And then when you live in the moment, mm. that translates into everything else. Mm. Sitting down mm. and just wanting it to come to you, it's, it, it may never come to you. That's the problem saying it's for amateurs. Well, I mean, you're I, not living. You're just sitting. You're just waiting. Like mm. a lightning bolt supposed to tap you in your dome to say Eureka. You yeah, know? yeah. And I think it's you know, especially for artists, it's a bit of a double-edged sword because when you look at you know uh, somebody who's putting out multiple albums, and then the audience is like, oh, that person's changed. They they they're not making music like the first album or whatever. They're experiencing life like, at a different level. Yeah, my right. but my life is different. Your life yeah, is yeah, so yeah. like. I'm now making music about what I'm experiencing. Right, right. And so if I've grown and you haven't grown, you can't expect me to be writing at the level that you're at because right. this is what I'm experiencing now, right? Man, so just listen to my older stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what I mean? So, <laughs> no, I, I, I... 100, man. That's why I always felt. I was like, mm, your life is constantly changing if you're living. Mm-hmm. Especially in your in that, in that industry, because your world is not the same as what it was before, yeah. right? And much as if you're striking when iron is hot, so many other things are kind of just spawning from that, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, that's what's up. So, when was your first poetry slam championship? Uh, the first championship was in 2012. You entered that in 2012. Yeah. And when did you win? And 
When did you win your when? first? Yeah. Uh, that was it, 2012. You won in 2012. Yeah, yeah. That's dope. Yeah. How was it? It was great. Did you use your great. favorite poem that you hated? Did you start disliking? No, like on the on the national level, it's um it's like a a week long competition, so it's not a, even about like one competition. You had to come oh, with like no. I didn't know that no. a, a week's worth of poems and and battle through people. Where is it? Is it held in Toronto? Uh, it's in different places every year. So that first one was in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Oh. Yeah. So. And now, so when is the second one? Did you win the second one? The second one was in 2019, and that one, gosh, was in Guelph. Yeah. So, why so long between you the back to back champ? I'm just asking. I mean, it's you like know, you know, we don't, you know, I don't, I, I don't do the judging or whatever the case may be. You know, <laughs> you what I mean, like like, in between, you know, in between so, it could have been. Um, some. Yeah, you know, it, it is, it is what it is, right? Like you, you. There's no there's no lessons that come from winning all the time, right? And and there was a few years when I wasn't even in it. Um but yeah, it's it's a very subjective kind of thing, right? It's just a five random people who are the judges, right? So it's right. like they all know what they're looking for. And if what I have prepared isn't what they're looking for, then it's like whatever. But if you switch to five people, I could have been the winner, right? It's like right, so you right. can't take it as like even the victories I'm just like alright that's cool but yeah you know those five judges were feeling what I was doing that night right. if you picked five different people to judge maybe I would have lost you know what I mean so you know I don't get too too hype on all that kind of stuff it's great it looks great in the bio and stuff but it's like alright you know keep it moving do you celebrate your victories because I, I feel like um, like a lot of people like uh, I don't want to put it on a lot of people let's say for myself mm. um, I consider myself like an ambitious person so when I'm doing certain type of things and let's say I hit like a milestone mark in my head, I'm like, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Mm. Right. And I just keep it pushing and keep it moving. Mm-hmm. But there's people like, like my hero over here, he'll take the time and celebrate the win. Right. Like mm. I remember our hundredth episode. So when we did a hundredth episode and stuff, like I don't really acknowledge myself any podcast that's under 48 episodes. If you don't got a first 48, we are not the same. We are not mm-hmm. in the same weight class. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm saying that with my chest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So we got to 100. And I'm looking like, damn, yeah, we got to 100. But we got so much more to go. And then my man, he went to ship that night. I don't care what no one said. Mm. My man was white boy wasted. <laughs> he was feeling himself like he lost his car keys. I was so proud of it. I was like, yeah, I got a baby shower to go to after this. Though, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I was looking at this stuff. I'm like, I feel like there might be a disconnect somewhere where this is what you're supposed to do. But then I guess you and I are similar. Like, eh, it's resume shit. Mm. Next. Yeah. Do you take their time to celebrate? Um, I'm getting better at that. Um, but I mean, progress too. yeah, it's, it's, it's very much used to be, um, you know, totally like that where it's just like, all right, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. And then people would be like, yo, you just did this thing and it's so dope. And I'm just like, ah, yeah, but you know, whatever. And, and, and the reality is, um, you know, sometimes, you know, we feel self-conscious about, you know, acknowledging certain things that we've done. Sometimes we worry about 
how other people are going to take it or how other people are going to feel. And then you get to a point where you're just like, yo, who cares? Like, right. I'm not responsible for how, how you feel. You want to celebrate, you go do something, be proud of it and celebrate it. Right. right I can't, right. Mm-hmm. I can't let where you're at stop me from celebrating, you know, the things that I'm doing. So, um, it's definitely a work in progress, but I'm getting much better at, at really acknowledging a lot of the things that, that I do and have done and, and celebrating the, the wins. Have you ever been in a situation where, like, you might have suffered imposter syndrome before? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, it's one of those things because we live in this world of, you know, social media and stuff. It, it's very easy to, you know, get lost in the online persona of who you are and this and that. And then be like, yo, who am I? What am I doing here? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. And then so for me, um, most people know Dwayne Morgan. Very few people know Dwayne. Right? right, so right. so Dwayne Morgan is the brand, right? Dwayne mm-hmm. Morgan is the outfacing public persona, and you know, so I always have to surround myself with people who don't let me forget who Dwayne is, right? Because right. then right. once once you're always secure and humble in who you are, then it's like, yeah, you can do all of the other stuff, but then you you just still remember, okay, that's that's that, that's the work, but this is me as a human being, you know. That's dope. Yeah, I always feel like it's. I think it's essential because I think it kind of keeps a person grounded, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Where I like, I always like the concept of stuff where no matter how far you go, if your family members or certain friends and family can't tell you like you know you're a piece of shit, like mm-hmm. you, you ain't really do it. Yeah. yeah. Because it's kind of like yes, the world might see you as oh my gosh, you might be this person, but mm-hmm. another person would be like, man, you used to piss your bed at age two. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. and. I feel like it's a it's a humility, humble level to let you know, like, yo, you're you're a regular person. Mm. But I feel like, and I'm not speaking for like pertaining to like celebrities and all, but when people have that expression, like, do you know who I am? Like one of those, mm-hmm. you ain't humble, mm-hmm. right? Because yes, you 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 probably achieved some things and stuff like that. Or, but let's say this person at that time didn't really put two and two together on who you might be. But do you know who I am? Like. Mm. You need some people to keep you grounded because yeah, yeah. you, you're feeling yourself. Yeah, that's my sister. My sister, like, she don't allow none of that stuff to happen. She's the greatest hater ever. So, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's Shout like, <laughs> she should be on the payroll because she's like, she is a certified hater. So, it's like, no matter what happens, she's going to find some way to chop me down. So, it's she's like, like, oh, it's, you won another championship? Mm-hmm. You think, what, you think you should? You, 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 you use this to get women? You know what you think? You're the slam this. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, man. But it, yeah, it, it's totally important to make sure you have those kind of people around you. Yeah, because I, I always look at it where I'm just trying to understand. The, the more I understand self, the easier the world and life has like mm. has gotten for me, right? But mm-hmm. I always look at it stuff is where I know I'm just ambitious. So I'm like, let's add this, add this, add this to my resume because my resume is kind of like listed, right? But I look at it where when do I start taking the time to start celebrating these things? Like I walk around mm. with emergency confetti, mm. right? Like, yeah, I have it on deck. You got, mm. got some up there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His funk ass because mm. the YouTube popped off. Mm. See? It's my little emergency confetti. So okay. whenever good shit is popping off, mm. chuck it up and throw it up and, and yeah. enjoy, right? And I was looking at like, I done, I have done so many things, let's say with, with even like the course of a year. And I probably throw in the confetti like twice. Mm. So I was like, holy shit. And I had to look back and it was like, now I'm fucking up because I didn't really 
you know, take the time and celebrate this as a victory, this yeah, as yeah. a victory. So I was like, I just hope mm-hmm. for you and I that we just get better and people kind of understand that you really do. It, it is important and essential for you. To yeah. Well, you know, it's 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 also one of those things where the the celebration makes you want to have more celebrations, right? And that's True. that's the important part True. of it that we often miss. It's like, we're so focused on on the work that we forget that it's easier to do the work after you celebrate it because the celebration right. gives you a new life. Yo, now I want to go get that next thing because you celebrated it. So, you know, I tell people, you know, if someone's trying to lose 50 pounds, I say the easiest way to lose 50 pounds is to lose five pounds. And when you lose five pounds, go celebrate. Go celebrate, go have a salad, go have whatever. Celebrate this five pounds and then you're going to see how energized you are to lose the next five pounds. But if you just sit there and say, yo, I got to lose 50 pounds, you're like, yo, how do I start? Right. Mm-hmm. right. You're trapped by this big mountain big of 50 yeah, pounds. Like, I always yo. say, it. stop looking at macro, look at it micro. Yeah. Like, we're making this, this big ass mountain when it's just a molehill, for real. Absolutely. You start with the five pounds, you celebrate every five pounds, have a celebration. Dope. You, you lose 50 pounds in no time. Dope. You get a lot of celebrations out of it too. As as opposed to just one celebration, right? Absolutely. That's dope. So tell me about how that feeling was when you did the TED talk. Like I said, I I I, Mm. I'm I'm inspiring and trying to achieve that mark my damn self. Mm. So tell me that feeling. Like how was it? Um, I mean, it was interesting because, you know, it's the, um, I'd never done anything quite like that before. So I had to write something, you know, totally new and it wasn't tested. So I'm like, I have no clue if the audience is going to get this. Yeah, it's like, I've only done that talk one time and that was on that particular day. Like mm-hmm. I've never done that any other time. So, um, you know, you just kind of have to, to have faith and confidence in yourself. You have to believe in what it is that that you're saying um and and when you have that it it makes it so much easier to connect you know with people so you know the response that from that has been really great and i'm grateful to have had that opportunity nice yeah no that's 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 dope because i always looked at where like when i saw yours Mm. right when i saw yours I saw the clip on your YouTube first and i said okay let me let me take in the whole grandeur and stuff from start to finish Mm. And I was looking and I was like, it seems so much more attainable to myself. Mm. Maybe because like I can reach out and dap you, you know? And I was looking like, if he could do it, I can do it, Mm -hmm. right? And I always looked at it before where it's just people speaking from like their perspective and their view from whatever they feel strongly or they can speak strongly about, Mm -hmm. right? right? And I always looked at it where I don't really see like a representation of myself with the other speakers that I've seen so much. Yeah. I don't want to say not because of the black, but I say just me. Like you're to me, you're like a, my people, mm-hmm. right? Hat, hoodie. To see a person and stuff like who who moves like this, yeah. there, it's inspirational for me. Mm-hmm. Right. So I appreciate you for that. And I'm yeah. pretty sure other men, you know, other ones that know, if they know they know, they'll feel the same way too. But it's just it was just a new experience to be like oh shit he did it yeah like you know he did it not saying like anybody else stuff like that i've come across on their strides in life they're climbing and everything but that's a different kind of stage that's a stage that 
I understand and I respect well and through. Mm. So, congratulations. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Um, tell us about this members only erotica show. How did it all start? So the members only erotica show, I was first approached by somebody who wanted to know if I would be interested in doing an, an erotica show and they were going to produce it. And, um, so, you know, I, I wrote this, this whole show, a bunch of, you know, sexy poems and stuff. And, um, yeah, the show went well, and then that person went, you know, into a different world after that. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, all right, well, I enjoy doing it, so I'm just going to take, do it, it, over. take it over and do it on my own. So, yeah, we just started doing it uh, every year, and it's a, it's a show where all the poems that I perform on that night are written just for that night. So okay. the you know, So people actually, a lot of people come just out of respect. They're like, yo, this guy writes a poem, like... 12 poems every year for one night that he's only going to perform these poems right, this right. one night. And people are like, who does that? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I do it. You know what mm. I mean? So then, you know, so I write these poems and then work with the band to, um, you know, to put music to them. And then we have um, crowd participation. So we get a lot of, you know, gift cards and different things for people and then we, we get things I where see a lap dance on a commercial so yeah so it's like you know <laughs> that's crowd participation maybe, yeah, yeah yeah people people you know come up and and just we have like different games for people to do and it's one of those things where you know as as adults like being on stage it's so good to see people having a good time right to just see right. people like just free up themselves and be like, yo, yeah. you know what? This is this is fun. We're just having some adult fun here. You know what I mean? Um, and we have a rule, you know, like kind of what happens at members only stays at stays members, members only. only. So it's like, you know, if somebody goes up on stage and you didn't come with that person, you're not allowed to film that person. Right? Because again, we're in this, right, this day of right. social media. Of course, it's yeah. like, Whoa. we want people to feel like, you know what? I can volunteer. And it's not going to have any negative consequences. People aren't going to put me on blast or whatever. So, how, right? so, so are we saying like phones are away at the show? For the most part, phones are away and stuff. You know what I mean? Okay. Because okay. it's like if 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 we came as like a crew of, of guys and then one of you um, volunteered to do something, then the rules are, okay, one of us could film you because maybe you'd want it filmed. Right, right. right. But outside right. of that, you don't film unless Anybody it's me else. on my, unless it's me. Right. You don't film anything on that night. So what Got happens it. there stays Same there. Thing. So that people actually feel like, yo, I could really just free up and be me and and really enjoy right, right. this thing, right? I'm gonna need two tickets. And, <laughs> and you know what? The thing is, and this is the thing I've never understood. For people who come to my events, I have eight women for every man at all of my events. And this particular event, I do all the heavy lifting. And I'm like, where are the men? I'm like, guys, y'all just have to show up and stand up. Yeah. Like, it's 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 right there for you. I'm going there for research purposes. <laughs> so, you know. But the, the journalist in me said, I, I can't miss the next one. 
I don't think I might miss any more after that. Might be an annual event for my damn self. How many years have you guys been doing it? Uh, this is going to be the seventh year um, that uh, yeah congrats, that I've been man, producing congrats, it and, and and putting it on. And it's it's honestly like the most fun I have on stage, and it's really the most fun that that people have coming out because there's no other poetry show you're going to go to that's even remotely like what happens right, at, at right. this show. I dig that though. I dig that. No, I see that. I'm a fan of like no phone kind of song and yeah, band. I like that. Because like I was talking to somebody one day and I said, they were asking me, where do I see like the podcast going? So I said, I see the podcast going to a point where it'll go from having conversations with just us to possible particle sons and friends and and then forth. But I feel like, yes, the videos and the cameras and stuff are good, but I feel like if there was no cameras, Somebody might be more prone to be showing their more authentic self because mm. it's now a legit convo. Him and I have legit convos with or with on. So sometimes I have to say to myself, oh shit, there's a microphone. Like, yeah, yeah. like, yeah, you know, but I think somebody else who's never been on a podcast or never had conversations, they're like, uh, I really want to say this, mm. but I might be judged. So they hold back, but when they realize, like, yeah, you like know, we got, we got, like, we got a a, a, f- a few friends that, that they're in the business, and they know we f- they know we film, but anytime they want to do something, it's like, Are you guys gonna run the cameras? It's like, <laughs> yeah, we run the cameras. That's what we, we do. That's mm-hmm. what we do. So it's 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 sometimes it's pulling teeth. Sometimes yeah. okay, it's like, okay, no, you guys come on our podcast and we'll kick it, and then we'll just we'll go on their podcast, yeah. and, and kick it. But it's it's just like. What Marv is saying is that some people tend to be more free, just like you're saying, mm-hmm. without the, with without the spotlight that's yeah, being yeah. put on, or without the the feeling that this might end up somewhere mm-hmm. that it shouldn't end up, or somebody might see me in the light that I don't want them to see me. And so mm-hmm. I, I I get it 100. percent So if I come with my plus one, mm-hmm. and then he goes with his plus one, I can signal him like, hey, you can record, like you know, yeah, or, okay. Yeah, we just don't want random people. And we we say it from right. the stage yeah. at the beginning yeah. of the show. Like, don't, like, if you don't know this person, you're not cool with it, do not film it. Anything that I do, it's fair game. Fair game. If I see you eating ass on stage, I promise. <laughs> you promise? I promise yeah, that ain't going to I see somebody queef in your face now. <laughs> that, that might be a different story. You know, I mean. You're going to let that video run? That might go into a group chat. That's it. You have some explaining to do there. But other than that. The group chat is okay. I think what I can handle that. Guys. Show? I think I can handle it. How's it a members movie. only show? Stay to the members only show. <laughs> now you say that th- these uh, poems are written specifically for that night. So mm-hmm. if unless you're there at that night, you're never gonna hear these poems. That is correct. That's that's dope. That's, well, what, that's, a, that's what members are looking that, for, right? That's the exclusivity. To, the exclusivity. That's a fact. I really wanna. No, no, you're seeing me. You're seeing me. <laughs> All right. You're All seeing right. me. No problem. Like what? May, May, tell us the May 3rd. May 3rd. May 3rd. May 3rd. Yep. You're okay. seeing me. You're seeing me, man. Um, I wanted to ask you, have you ever been rejected from your work? Like anything, let's say if you were to submit like a body of work somewhere mm. and like, how did that make you feel? Um... Well, it's interesting because a lot of what I have done and achieved with my life and my career is tied to the rejection. So, you know, failures when I first, yeah, when I first started, um, you know, doing that one poem and then I started doing some other poems, eventually people are like, yo, do you have a book of, of your stuff? And I'm like, 
yo, I'm a kid, man. I don't know how to do none of this stuff. You know right, what I mean? Right. So, um, you know, people started to tell me how to go about doing it, put your manuscript together, send it out or whatever. And I got some of the most disrespectful rejection letters that you could you could wow. imagine. Like people are like, we don't like how you use the English language. There's no audience for this kind of stuff. Like it, it was to me, you could have just said, "Nah, we're not interested." But right, they, they right, 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 like, right, keep right. it moving. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, some of these things was like, wow, you know what I mean? And so my personality is one where I'm just like, yo, I don't, I don't ask people more than once. So, you know, when when the rejection started coming in, I was like, I need to figure out how to do this on my own. Mm -hmm. So I had people who lent me money to do the first book. And then I was, you know, this is the days of early hip hop. I was just selling poetry books out the car trunk. You know what I mean? I just roll up a place, perform, bam, 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 just selling books. I'm like, yo, these people said there's no audience for this. And I'm just selling, selling, selling. So I take the, the money from that first book and then I put out a second book. And that's how, I mean, today I have 14 books 12 of them I've done on my own. Two of them are through publishers, right? So it's like, it's just that always been that that hustle mentality. So I'm just like, all right, you don't see the vision. That doesn't mean I don't see the vision. So I got to figure out a way how I'm going to make this thing happen, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that reminds me, I, I think it was just last, last week I was listening to Jay-Z say the same thing. Like when he brought his album to the rec labels, it was like, hey, nobody want to hear this. And he's just, all the labels rejected him. So you just mm-hmm. like, they ponied up and put it out themselves and mm-hmm. come on he's the biggest rapper right now today right 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 and that's what I I looked at it as stuff like that too yeah for me let's say this um this is probably one of my first businesses that where more I would need customer support mm. or I mean like customers let's say clients to kind of come in and be like every week when I come out here, or when we're here, we're recording, I don't write uh, a so-so show. You mm. get what I'm saying? Like I, I feel like this is the best of my abilities, the best how I feel and all the above. And I haven't had like negative responses, but I looked at it where, well, okay, now let's take it to other businesses. So I learned to feel a dreams concept from him. Like, mm. we build it, they will come. But I'm looking like, hey, I have this. And be like, Eh, it's mid. I was like, I was like oh, the time, the days, the blood, the sweat, the armpit stains. I'm like, for real? All right. And then you do it again. And then, the, like, you know, the rejections and the losses start, like, like the lessons. Mm-hmm. I used to consider them lessons. Now I consider them lessons. Mm-hmm. They start adding up. So when they start adding up now, I'm looking like, you know what? I'm going to just do me. And I'm going to do the best of my abilities. Mm-hmm. Either love me or leave me alone. And I know what I got in store. So it's the same thing. Absolutely. But the butchering you on the English language, that's some fucked up shit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know yo, what? Yo. But it's like, yo, all, all of that disrespect made me who I am. It, it just gave me the drive Facts, to like right. be like... It's character building. All right, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. It's character building. Like, I, I dig it because I think a lot of people are so discouraged from... Like the few no's mm. compared to like the 10 yeses. Yeah, yeah. Right? But the no's, they kind of use that, hold them down. I'm not going to do this no more because they got rejected. And yeah. Now nah, you got to keep striving, keep going, be great. No, absolutely. That's, that's, that's the only way. You know what I mean? It's like, you know what I mean? Um, everything. And that's, that's not even like with professional stuff. That's just in, in life. Like you just got to keep, you got to keep going, right? You watch in baseball, the guy strikes out. 
three times in a row, he's still going to go back up the fourth time and try to hit the ball, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's the only way it goes, right? So, so all right. Um, I don't know if you wanted to ask any more questions. I got one more question to ask you, and then we can move on to the question of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, you said earlier about for writer's block. Mm. Now, any, you know, to any poets in the making trying to come up and start, you have any other words of advice for them besides the writer's block aspect? I mean, write what moves you, right? Don't write for the audience or what you think the audience is going to like because then it's it's not even genuine. You want to make sure that everything that you write, you're leaving a piece of yourself on the page or on the stage or whatever. Um you, so you want to find your authentic voice, which is why, you know, when you asked the other question before, I was just like, yeah, I don't really, you know, watch a whole lot of people or try to emulate other people because without even knowing, you start kind of sounding like other people or start right. writing mm-hmm. in a similar kind of way. So it's like, unless we're live in the same venue, I rarely listen to like other poets and stuff like that because it's it's so easy. Even on YouTube, I, I don't watch stuff because it's so easy to like, not even realize how it influences what you're going to do next. And I want to always make sure that everything I do is so much me that there's no, you know, other people or people could be like, Oh, I heard somebody else say a line just like that or whatever. It's like, I don't want all of that stuff. Right. Right. Um, So I think that's the other thing is to, to find your voice, be authentically, you write the stuff that, that you care about. And, you know, eventually you find your audience, right. The stuff that you care about, might not be the thing that my audience cares about. So you might not do well at my event, but mm-hmm. you keep doing you, you're going to find your tribe of people who are going to be like, yo, I, I rock with that guy. You know what I mean? So it's like, you can't, you can't always just be like trying to please the audience. You got to please you. And then the audience comes. So yeah. I feel that man. Respect. Similar on, on, on a similar line of questioning, but going back to just um, the whole re- uh, rejection letters from the books and so forth like that. Being a person who initially started off um, creating a talent show to help others that you 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 seen you 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 seen the, the the passion in and realizing that they needed to get it out after that becoming a a two time slam poetry champion now you're probably looking at an you're you're probably looking like to an upcoming poet someone to get advice to do, do you have these young poets coming to you all the time and say hey like read this mm. or tell me what you think about this mm. and then if so are, are there situations where how do you handle the situations where you may see something that may not be eye-catching to you or you know i won't say no command of the english language but something that might be off to you is it, how do you handle that? Because obviously you you know from feeling the, the rejection mm. how that feels. You also know that that can motivate you. Mm. How do you handle a, a situation like that? Um, so I mean, there's a few things there. So first, there's there's definitely younger artists that I that I mentor that are that I have a a, a working relationship with, okay. and yes. and those ones I'm able to you know they they know they have it's an open door policy. They can ask me 
whatever they want. Right. Um, and, you know, I'm always there for them as much as possible. For, for other young people who don't have that with me, I still try to make myself as um, available as possible because, you know, when I was coming up, this stuff was so new that there wasn't really anybody for me to turn to. So right, right. it's like reinventing the wheel if I'm not there for this next generation, right? So I'm in a position where it's like, yo, I have to be the person who's, you know, who's there that they can turn to and then they can ask questions because the landscape is totally different now from when I started. So right. mm -hmm. I can give a little perspective, but at the same time, what I'm also in a position where I realize that there's a lot for me to learn from the younger people. Right. right. The, the, the only reason why I'm still here and I'm still relevant 30 years later is because I humble myself enough to listen mm -hmm. to young people. Mm -hmm. And through listening and learning to young people, I'm like, oh, here's what I can do. So now I take the stuff that I learned right. and how I know to do things and merge it with what the young people are telling me and it allows me to still have a career. Right. It's not like, you know, you got the old foots who are like, this is how I used to do it and this is how it's supposed that's to stay. The and it's but like, that's the fountain of youth though, right there. Yeah, exactly. and it's like, that don't make no sense, right? Right, right? So you have to figure out what the young people are doing, but then understand you're not one of them. So you also have to understand how do I take mm. what I know yeah. and who I am and find a way to make it digestible in this new marketplace. Right. Because then otherwise you just sound like, yo, what is, why is this old guy trying to do this trap, do this <laughs> trap music, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. It's like, what, what, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> what, this, this is not facts. you, right? right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can figure out how to be an old head, ride a trap beat, in the way that makes sense for where you come from and what you know, not trying to sound like the young people, right? So right. it's like, yeah, it for me, it's 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 a humility thing where it's like, yeah, I had my time, right? I had a moment where it was like I was the it, the biggest person in the game, kind of thing. And then you have to be like, all right, I am only as valuable as who comes after me, right? Mm. What did I do with my time? Mm to create more me's because if I didn't create oh. more me's what was I doing yeah. yeah I was only looking at myself right yeah so the fact that now there's uh you know a, a poet laureate who's also you know from from Scarborough or whatever the official poet of Ontario and whatever and he's one of my mentees I'm like yo Dope. that's that's what's supposed to happen yeah. right i'm supposed to and and the other thing that happens you know with older artists is that we get into this competition with with the younger artists and i'm like i'm not in no competition with y'all like my job you're supposed to surpass me right yeah. if you do not surpass what i have done then i didn't do it right 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 i didn't show y'all the way right because at the end of the day there has to be, you know, a Cardinal official that comes after Maestro. There has to be a Drake that comes after Cardinal. There has to be, right? Like if you're actually, you know, pulling people as you climb or whatever, then there's always going to be people who surpass you because you're you're building the infrastructure to the point where there are opportunities now that didn't exist, that didn't exist for you, right? right? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, okay, I, I passed my time to do that, but now y'all go and do it. You know what I mean? Right. And not be mad at the young kids for doing it because that was your position. You played your position. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now for the young cats, they have to realize, yo, I'm getting this and I'm doing this because of this person. So it's a mutual thing, right? right? right. Because sometimes the young cats don't respect the people who created the platform for them <clears throat> to be able to do So I things, feel like right? that's where the disconnect and the disrespect will kind of come in. Absolutely. Because I feel like 
even like, all right, I'm thinking about music too. Like, mm. I heard a few rap artists and stuff of today, they don't even know who Tupac is, mm. right? And the people who are popular will be like Tupac's peers, would be like, fuck these kids, mm. right? But I'm looking at stuff as like, no, like, we, we both have to adapt. Mm. Like, the old and new have to find a way to adapt and merge. Stay in each other's lane. Right. Because I feel like if you're in your own lane, no one can block you. This is your lane. Mm. Right. Right? But find a way to just work together cohesively. But what you're doing, beautiful. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We hope more people can emulate that, right? Yeah. But we'll see in due time. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be a competition thing. It's like... It's collaboration. It's like, <laughs> absolutely. And, and the thing is, I've gotten so many gigs, made so much money off of young people mm. because people have offered things to them and they're like, I don't have the skill set to do this, mm. but I know somebody who does, right? right? And there's other things that might come to me and it's like, I'm way too busy to do this. Right, right. And I send it to them. And it's like, now, so we're both feeding each other, right? right? Right, But in order for that to happen, I have to be present in their lives, in their scene, right? I can't just be like, ah, oh, I've done all this stuff and I'm at home chilling or whatever. No, I got to be accessible. I have to be there. We have to build that relationship where they know, okay, yeah, this is a two-way street of what we can do. Yeah. And then that's how the whole thing flourishes, right? So. Mm. That's what's up. Yeah, thank you for that. I like that answer. Appreciate that, man. No problem. Let's play with this question of the week. Are you ready? I'm ready. Question of the week says, what is your greatest win in life? Who? My family. My, my kids. Family, your kid, your wife, and your kids. Well, my kids. I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative of my wife, but my, my kids. Like, I have something to pass down, right? And I, that was something that I, I, I strived for. My father set an example for me. He did all what he had to do because he knew that he was going to pass it down eventually to me, and I took it and I ran with it. So when I got the opportunity and the chance to say, hey, it's not, it's not to say that I wouldn't be able to mentor anybody else. That's not my children or, you know. Yeah, like I was going to say like a protege yeah, or a successor. Yeah, yeah. It's not to say that, but I think just seeing the mannerisms in them and knowing that this is me. I can see me at this stage. I can see me at this stage. I can see me at, hey, I know the stage. Let me tell you something about this stage correct that stage going on going on oh you corrected that stage okay here here's my resources because i built this is just waiting for you here this is this the treasure now can go fall into your lap right mm. and i'm 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 glad is for me now is for my kids to get up to speed mm-hmm. to where they can they can honestly look and see what I've been doing or what I've done and be able to appreciate it. Cause it, 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 cause stuff like that when you're a kid, it's, you know what I mean? It's like, it wasn't until I got into my, I want to say maybe my early to mid twenties, I really started appreciating my father for who he was. Mm-hmm. He wasn't any superstar. He wasn't anyone that, you know, the, that the the world would follow, but he he was an honest man, a solid man. He had all the uh, all the the qualities that you want, mm-hmm. and he worked hard for everything. And he he instilled those he instilled those qualities in me. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, you don't realize that until you get to a certain age. He's like, why am I idling this person? You know what I mean? Why? Because he's on a TV because he's got hundreds of thousands of fans. I said, no, he has no connection to me. Right? Like, he probably don't know you exist. He don't know I exist. Mm-hmm. Here's this person in front of me who knows I exist. And the things that he does is for the sole purpose of making sure I don't ex- just exist, but I also pro- progress in my, my, my existence. And when? Yeah. And so once I realized that, I was like, okay, this is, this is what it's about. It's exactly what the way they're saying. It, you know what I mean? It, it, although he's mentoring uh, peers and, and those younger, younger to him, it's, it, it's the same situation. It's the same feeling when you're able to put down a foundation, a, so, a solid enough foundation where these kids can now take off and grow on. So I'm just waiting. I, mean, I, I think I put the foundation there. I'm just waiting for them now to see it and grasp onto it and then take it to wherever they can go. Okay. Um, For me, would probably be when I learned to start, when I I started to learn how to unlearn bad behavior and bad things was probably like one of my greatest, greatest achievements and stuff I've done so far. Like I want to say, I know for like even something like I was homophobic in like my twenties, right. like, like no, I'm in my twenties. I'm saying my teens, say my early twenties, mm. and I work in healthcare, and now I'm work, working around like gay nurses and and everything. And I'm like, oh, these people are just people like me, mm. right? It's just their preference of what they do in their off time still has nothing to do with me. So I have to look at them and deal with them as people. And then when I had conversations with them, be like. Oh shit, that's a people thing, you know? Mm. So it was a kind of a level of understanding me like, what other things that like like bad concepts and stuff I could have said. So that's why a lot of times when I talk or if I'm pertaining to a particular topic, I don't only just look from my point of view. I look at the complete opposite, mm. right? Because I might be pro this and somebody else might be anti this. Mm. So now I have to figure out a middle ground for us to at least have a conversation and, right. and understanding between each other. And... Since then, I want to say, I wasn't, I didn't consider myself like an introvert, but I was probably more shy. But after that, I just learned how to speak and deal with people in a better manner. Mm. And so far, it's been taking me beyond places and doors haven't been closed. And touch wood, hope it stays like that. Yeah, absolutely. That's dope. About yourself. Um, I mean, I think mine's going to be very, very similar. Um, I think there's there's nothing that I've done and nothing that I probably will ever achieve that's greater than my daughter. She's like the best creation that 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 I've made. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, um, you know, at at her age, she's smarter than I was at at that age. She's more talented than I was at that age. So it's really, you know, same kind of thing of. You laying the foundation, and then at the certain point, then you got to make the choices, right? You got to right. you got to decide for yourself what you're gonna do with all of this stuff. Like I can, so much, only so much I can do. Right. Show you the way. Tell you this is right. This is wrong. Blah blah blah. But then you gotta you gotta choose, right? And you know I've I've deliberately not hid um, you know parts of my life from her because I I feel like um, growing up with the parents that I did there were certain things that they didn't show us or explain to us. Like Mm. they didn't teach us how 
banking works or how right. savings works right. or stuff like that. So then, you know, I went to York University in the first week. I got all these credit cards and then, yo, I was in debt for like 10 years, mm-hmm. right? Because right. nobody had taught me about those kind of things. So, you know, with my daughter, I'm like, yo, this is debit. This is credit. This is my statement. This is interest. This is whatever. So that it's like, she can't say I didn't know. Right. She's still going to make her choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at least I could say, Hey, I told you about all I that. I told you. Right? I yeah. showed you, yeah. right? I let you see how it all works. I explain all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I think the the joy that comes from, you know, being her dad is also one of the things that brings me a lot of sadness for men who are out there who want to pass on their last name but don't pass on any knowledge. Mm. Mm. Don't pass Ooh. on any skills. Ooh. They just, like, pass on semen. And it's like, what are y'all doing? Yeah, right. y'all out here right. proud that you got seven kids. This is that. None of your kids know you. Right. right. None of your kids can say, "Yo, this is what I learned from my dad. This is what my dad showed me." Whatever. Like, you're missing out on, on the joy, of being able to like, see this person grow and develop and look right. at you with a level of respect. Right. That is different from any other kind of respect because when you look at them, you see yourself in them. You see that reflection. So it's different from like, if you give me respect or whatever, it's just different because when I look at my daughter, I see myself, Mm -hmm. right? You know, so, you know, it's, it's still one of those things where too often in our community, there's dudes and like the kids is just a badge of honor and you're leaving these women with this bag of kids to try to figure out and stuff. And it's like, it's not making any kind of sense because the, the gift isn't being present. Oh, is that in one of your poems? Like it's not. It's not. That was poetic. You know, we're gonna gonna snap for that. Present. We're gonna snap for that. We're gonna snap for that. Woo! That that hit. That's what's up. Not mad at that. All right. Um, let's get to the ass of sons, man. Are you ready? I'm ready, gentlemen. All right. (coughs) First, ass of sons question comes from T Fox eleven oh seven. Would your younger self be proud of the person you've become? For me, 100%. Absolutely. That's what's up. How about yourself? I would say yes. Yeah. My younger self might just have a complaint about the height. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I always thought I was going to be taller. (laughs) Right, right. My mom hyped me up real good. So, salute to my mom. I love you so much. But it it was kind of like... She's like, oh. fell short. She, no, because she she said she screw you. <laughs> but was, she said she's always just like, yeah, she's like, you're gonna grow up when you grow up and everything like that. Make sure you eat well, you know, just grow out a nice beard and everything. You be tall, dark, and handsome. Got the dark and handsome part, just missing yeah, the tall yeah. part. I always tell but, I always tell I got the two thirds. Yeah, yeah, the dark two, and handsome, two thirds kind handsome, of man. You two know? thirds is but, still good. Yeah, but other than that, I want to say I've come away. Right, I've come away, so I know definitely younger self has always would always be proud because I even try to make sure like to check myself. I was looking at stuff. Or Kanye said it one time. He's like, like I'm paraphrasing, but he said like, I'm not in a custody battle with my inner child, mm. right? And then I can't remember who said it, but I, I heard act childlike, not childish. Mm. So I try to make sure, like, would my inner child still be proud of the adult that I've become? Right. So I always try to G-check myself, like, mm, I know I was probably more nicer when I was younger. And, like, 
certain aspects because you know kids are kind of more free and gullible to some things and adults I want to say experiences kind of mold you a different way but I try to look at it as like no I could be better hmm. and so yes I know my younger self would be proud of who I've become nice dope um, next question comes from my coconuts these names are getting wild <laughs> <clears throat> what is the hardest person to get along with for me I think for me a racist because you're 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 already using like what I look like to kind of prevent you from having like a a proper conversation and stuff with me, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to say like a closed-minded person, but I just want to say like that particular type of person because I feel like whatever's closed, any door that's closed can be open. Mm-hmm. So that's how I that's how I feel about it. Yeah. What about you? I think I'm going to get a bit more abstract with this one. And I think my answer would be the person I was yesterday. Oh. And, you know, we, we often buy into the idea of who we are and who we are. And we forget that every day is a new opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you do something yesterday and you screw up, that doesn't mean you are a screw up. It means I screwed up yesterday. Mm-hmm. Right. So that means today I don't have to be a screw up. That I can make a different choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how do I let go of what I did yesterday, who I was yesterday to embrace who I have the potential to be today? So I think that war often exists within a lot of us, Thanks. right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, um, I heard someone say one time where it's like, sometimes we, you know, we use our past to rob ourselves of our present. You know, because we're so attached to what happened in the past that we just bring it right into the present mm-hmm. as if it's still happening. And right. Yeah. But that's the past. That's that's not even happening anymore. But we just keep reliving this thing over and over and over again as if it's like still happening in the present. So I think being able to let go of who I was and the ideas I have of who I was yesterday to be able to embrace the potential of today. Feel mm. mm. that. Talk to things. I would say, you know, I mean, a, a, a person who's not, well, I, I, I'm going to say open-minded. I'm, I'm going I'm to say open-minded. Um, a person who's not open-minded? That, that's a closed-minded person? That's, yeah, a closed-minded person. Okay. Um, because at the end of the day, I feel we're not going to know everything. It's impossible for us to know everything. And even with the things that we do think we know that is right, Time can only tell, right? That if it stays right or if it becomes wrong. And if you're strong and wrong, what is it that you learn? So I find myself, if as soon as I start a conversation with a person who I feel is going to be like that, I end it quickly. Um, I, I don't want to put myself through that stress. I don't want to put myself through one of that. But if I find a person who's open-minded, that conversation could go on for hours. Mm. Because it's now it's an opportunity for us to exchange ideas. Mm. And I'm, I, I, you know me, I'm always a fan of learning, whether it's, whether it's something new or whether it's just a new way of doing something mm-hmm. that's already, be, already been there. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's, that's just me. And again, inspiration can come from anywhere, mm-hmm. right? So just that simple conversation that we're having, the simple disagreement can bring about an inspiration of an, an idea. But you just can't 
get that from somebody who just has that one line of thinking and nothing else. See, like, a mind is like a parachute works better when it's open. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Fair. All right. Last question comes from old but not bold. What should you never do on the internet? There's a lot of things you should never do on the internet. <laughs> but it's done. <laughs> but it's done. But it's been done. But it's been done. I think I think use your real name on social media sites and apps. I think that's a major thing. Yeah. For me. Like I want to say, if you might be a celebrity and we know you as that, and you touch platform, then yeah, so well. But I want to say anybody else, like you know, regular Joe Schmo, your name is like John Smith. Don't come out here with John Smith 86 if you were born. Let's not do that, my guy. <laughs> Let's not do that. Let's not do that. What do you got? Um, I think people are in this thing where they just overshare mm. and just create problems that they don't necessarily need. And and for example, like, you know, you could be in a happy relationship and then, you know, you post, oh, I'm, I'm sick and I'm home and in bed or whatever. And some woman responds, Oh, I thought you were in a relationship. How come she's not making you soup or whatever? Now, oh. all, of a, all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute. Oh. <laughs> Why isn't she making me soup? <laughs> now, this woman's like, yo, if I was your woman, I'd, I'd be, I'd be making you soup. And now, you're, yeah, now you start thinking about things. And now, all of a sudden, you woke up with no problem. Right. But now there's a problem because now, now she's problem. not making you soup. So now you have a problem. And now you've just invited people into your business and into your relationship that have no place to be there. And let the church say amen. Yo, keep your business to yourself. Let the church say amen. If this, I'd have, I'd have to second that, man. It's like I I find like I find like people just okay. I I get the the happy times, the happy moments because I I can consider that a win. Mm -hmm. You want to share that? Share that. Go ahead, but. Some of the personal stuff that I see, I'm like, man, I don't really want to see this. And then if I look at it, I'm like, this does look like ammunition that could be used against you at some point, mm. at some time. Man, my my funniest thing when I be seeing is that like, um, like if I know a person's in a relationship and they start posting up some shit like about like, he hurt. The, why is the person that makes you cry is the one that makes you laugh? I was like, I was like. Yeah, trouble in paradise. <laughs> like, yep, yep. And, and those things and stuff, like, I don't control anybody what they post. I always tell people, I'm mindful what I post. Mm, right. Right? Like, I don't even have over, I always say I always keep, like, 68 posts. Because I'm not going to do a 69 for mm. Instagram. I'm going to do 69 for my woman. And then mm. we'll just call it a day. You know right. what I'm saying? But I'm mindful to the fact that I'm like, yes. I agree with this, I, all of the above, and I know who might be following me and all that type of thing because I'm still living for me, but I'm not going to overshare. Mm-hmm. Like, people, this is my meal I'm eating at now. We're in Vegas for the next week. Oh, my gosh, they robbed us when we came back <laughs> from Vegas. Shut the fuck up and live. Mm-hmm. That's it. But then, it, it, And it's, again, a double-edged sword because I always, always argue with him, right? I'm mm. like, I don't post enough. I say, hey... <laughs> Whether you like it or not, we're kind of in the public eye. Mm-hmm. So at some point, 
you gotta give them at least something. They want to know at least something about you. Do you do you find that with the, with I'm gonna have being a photo du- with Dwayne Morgan the, specialist. Dwayne Morgan the brand. Yes. And Dwayne because a lot of times people want to know more than just the brand, and we mm. and we argue about that. Some people have misconceptions because they just they don't know. They don't have that side. They don't see that side. Mm. Uh, do you do you feel? Do you feel like a necessary need to eat to just show a little bit of that to just let them know, hey, yeah, I am Dwayne Morgan, the brand, but I'm Dwayne Morgan, a proud father mm. of a, a, a girl. You don't have to say who she is, but just a, a daughter who's doing well. Mm. Like it's it's because some people look at it and like, okay, he, you know, what I mean, he he has other things in mind that other than just poetry, right? Mm. He's like he's. He's a father. He like he takes care of his his children. Mm-hmm. He's not he's not a waste man or a deadbeat mm-hmm. dad. You know what I mean? Because who knows what kind of con- conceptions they ha- they make up in their head when they don't know. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You, do you ever feel like the need? Um, I don't know if I feel it's uh, a need per se, but I mean it is something that that I do um, because I think. But for me, that's also part of the brand in a sense, right? Okay. That. Yeah, I want men to be responsible. I want men to understand the role that we play in the lives of our children. I want people mm. to then see it's it's one thing to say it, but where's the proof, right? Right. right. So then I also have to Correct. show here's what I'm doing with my daughter. Here's us doing different things, right? She was just with me in South Africa. It's like, yo, Dude, here right. she is. Dude, in- I was I was following that blog like I was on the trip. <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 we, we were all three of us were on that trip. I was like, right? I was like, but, man, I wonder if I could text him right now. I said, that statue right there, you give me my big <laughs> <laughs> But that, But that's the, it, it's so important to be able to do those things and be like, oh, okay, this guy's like active in the life of, you know, the, right. the child. So when he speaks about stuff, it's not, he's just saying it. Here's the proof. Here's the receipts. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, the other stuff, like, it's not a people's business, but, you know, mm. fatherhood is very important to me. So I'm, I'm going to make sure that that, that's there that people see right, me actually right, being, right. Uh, you know, an active father. I'm going to, you know, when my daughter looks on my thing, she has to be able to be like, yo, this guy is speaking proudly of me. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's, yeah. what does that do for her to be able to be like, yo, my dad is, you know, proud of me or whatever. Right. Like these are, these are things that we don't even necessarily think, think about, mm-hmm. but these things are, are huge. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. very true. I, I remember bringing her, dropping her and her friends off at the Scarborough town center and then I was spying on them a little bit. And the first thing that she did was brought her friends to see the, my star on the Walk of Fame. Nice. And I'm like, yo, that's so dope. I took a yeah. hit and I took a little picture of them at the thing or whatever. But it's like, yo, so I'm <clears throat> proud of her, but she's proud of me too. Right, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But she's not, she's a kid. She's not going to be like, yo, I'm proud of you. That, that, that's not what no, you no, do. No, no, yeah, no, 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 no. But no. she's going to be like, when, she, when you're gone, she's going, all right, now let me show you what my dad did. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way I can pay you back. My plan is to show you that I understand. understand. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. it. Absolutely, yeah. That's that's dope. I'm not mad at that, man. It's okay. What you got, Smooth? For your internet? Oh, I'm here. You're here? Yeah, I'm here. We're here? We're We're good? We we appreciate you. Yeah. We're we're grateful eternally for this. I had a great time. Great conversation. I'm glad. I'm glad because I I didn't want to disappoint you. and stuff. I don't mind disappointing his ass over there. I I see that nigga every week. Regularly, I see him. I go after I go for his throat. And it's all love after mm. we're done. But yeah. Um, I'm going to hit people off with the So Say the Sons, our words to the wise, and then you tell people how to find you, right? Yeah, for sure. So So Say the Sons this week, 
I try to make it a little poetic for us. All right. <laughs> so say something this week is a little remix from um, Plato, actually. Poetry is closer to the truth than history. So, so says the sons. I feel like a lot of times when, even in these spirit of times now, the news would say oh so much when it comes to history and what's going on currently, but it won't really define like how a certain amount of people would feel. Mm. Like the news would say, yeah, we're going through a bootleg recession or a possible recession. And when in somebody's household, when the mortgage rate switched over from like your mortgage was $1,300 to now $2,000. What they're saying is like, like downplaying what the fuck is happening in your world. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I feel like a lot of times if that person was a poet or that person was a writer, when they're telling you, my life is rough, I got to now come up with an extra $700 mm-hmm. to make it. You'd be like, you, you can feel that mm-hmm. compared right. to like how the news would say like, people are feeling the crunch and the squeeze. No, 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 no. Poetry throughout the course of years. We turned that over to now some of the musicians. We consider most of the musicians now poets. Mm-hmm. And we feel and understand most of their struggles. Absolutely. Especially when they're going through the, even the trying times. So, yes. Yeah. Once again, man, we're happy to have you. Tell the people how to find you. All right. It's, I mean, it's real easy. Uh, social media, it's Dwayne underscore Morgan, D-W-A-Y-N-E underscore Morgan. Uh, the website is DwayneMorgan.ca. And... If all else fails, just put in my name in Google and everything comes up. Hey, there you go, there you go. Well played, yes. Particle Suns, all streaming platforms possible, particlesuns.com. You see us, we see you on YouTube, everywhere, Spotify, Apple, you you name it, we're and, there. And if you didn't have a pen handy while, while Dwayne was just shooting off all the socials and so forth like that, don't worry about that. You just follow our page, just jump in, we'll have all the contacts there for you. And, uh, if you can, see if you can check out Marv at the, the erotic show and, and let me know. Y'all ain't seen me. Let me know what he does. Y'all you ain't, ain't got to film it or nothing like that. You ain't just, getting authority. I'm not just, giving just those, we're not giving those randoms on that permission. Just, just say just, no to all of Just come back and tell me. <laughs> Hit me in the DMs. Once again, folks, thank you for listening to the Particle Sons. Remember, the difference between genius and stupidity is that genius has its limits. Peace and love, y'all. Peace and love. Peace. Particle Sons was not your average Joseph and Sofa King Marvelous.